0: I think one of the ways to talk about practice or maybe one of the goals of, of practice is to um, find some um, um, balance of mind or maybe emotional balance could be. Are they? These are English expressions. No? Emotional mm-hmm. balance, emo- emotional health, mental health. We could even use that, I think. Uh, bring some uh, mental health like uh, bring some of the conditions that uh, might be uh, helpful for, uh, for inner well-being. But I'm thinking a lot in terms of um, just to, uh, now in terms of, uh, yeah, equilibrium, balance, stability, maybe some stability of mind, stability of heart. And um, I don't know if these words resonate for you, if it would feel good to, f- to feel more stable. Um, and the, the way I mean I mean it, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not referring to s- stable that would be kind of dissociated stable, <laughs> you know, stably dissociated. I feel nothing. I feel numb about everything. It's extremely stable.
1: <laughs> Anything
0: can happen. It just doesn't land, you know, which is in a way is a very sad state to be in, huh? to be disconnected or cl- equally equally uh, closed. <laughs> you know, that would be, that's sad, you know, and it certainly can happen to us because of things, you know, you know history, what happens to us, happens, uh, you know, what is done to us, what uh, situations we find ourselves in. Uh, but what I'm referring to uh, is a stability that has a lot of vibrancy in it, you know, wakeful, alive, something that really fills the world, feels uh, the inner movements uh, in the mind and heart, feels the relational movements, the whole shebang, you know, of the relational world. That's something that feels stable, but feeling, you know, what's uh, alive in between us in a larger scale, you know, society, uh, globally, you know, like... Some, some so I'm, I'm talking to about the stability that would be connected with uh, environment, body, uh, heart, if we divide it like this. You know, it's an arbitrary division, you know, they all are so connected. But, um, so this, uh, what brings stability of mind? Mm. So is it, would it be, um, will, I'll be stable now. You know, I'll have st- stability. You know, this is what today, whatever happens, I'll be stable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Not exactly like this. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit more tricky. So it's interesting so, to to think like now. I'm thinking a lot in Buddhist terms. You know, cause and effect, causality, conditionality. That's really like the the, the core kind of um, framework. Our understanding in Buddhism around life is things happen because of conditions when conditions are gathered for something uh, you know for something to happen if the conditions are there this thing will happen if the conditions change that thing you know will uh, you know change and so stability of mind being a condition thing a phenomena in Buddhist terms, something that happens because of something else—that would be pretty much all, all of what we experience. And in the Buddhist view, is caused by different things. You know, the fact that we're here is uh, mainly because the storm didn't happen an hour earlier. <laughs> it depends on this. It depends on Julie sending an email a couple of weeks ago inviting us to come here. Uh, it depends on the Buddha being born at some point, the Big Bang <laughs> happening. I mean, loads of conditions. So what brings stability of mind? What are the conditions that will bring about, um, you know, a wakefulness that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm using the image of stability and balance, but it could be maybe equally um, good, the um, the um, talking, through the kind of images, or the wording could be flexibility, the pliability. So instead of being stable with all things flying all over and all kinds of, you know, fun, not fun, uh, gathering, separation, praise, blame, all this, uh, we could talk in terms of flexibility, the capacity to, to meet things, to adapt, you know, to make space for this thing, you know, to make space for that lovely thing. And, uh, you know coming from inside outside um, and so flexibility of mind so what what are the, the causes and so uh, what I'm finding out in practice through practicing and studying and uh, how they kind of um, feed each other you know and sangha gathering together and exchanging about practice you know so what's becoming clear is that stability of mind if we think about it as a quality. The quality, the name, maybe for it in Buddhist term would be...
1: Equanimity. Yes!
0: <laughs> Equanimity. And I try not to use it too much because there's something about it. And I, Sometimes I'm not sure of the meaning of the words in English, but something lofty. Is that? Mm-hmm. Like grandiose, like inaccessible. Mm-hmm. And somehow um, balance of mind or stability to me is more... Um, affordable, like I, I picture it better than equanimity, you know, I don't know how it is for you, you can relate to the words very differently than I do, sp- especially if English is your <laughs> language and I'm just visiting, <laughs> you know, in a way. But um, uh, stability, um, yeah, what are the, the causes of it? And it seems like, or today for sure, I would like to talk about two different things, First, it seems like it's help by developing many other qualities. It comes about with the help of many other qualities and uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, why I'm going to name it also another kind of uh, intention about this is I think and it really it, it makes my heart shake just uh, thinking about it I think. And that's what it says in the teaching and I think it's actually true that a group of being gathering together and talking about these qualities is extremely powerful and and I I, that's something that I feel is true you know when we gather like this and we name some of these qualities we are invoking them we are you know giving their them uh, them airtime and it's almost impossible that they wouldn't find a little place in the heart, in the psyche, in the body, you know, that they might be remembered as we leave and walk uh, back to the subway station or whatever, you know, like we're invoking them and collectively I think it has a particular power and uh, even um, in the te- text, the images that comes to mind or re- memory mm-hmm. is that... Uh, you know, when uh, the Buddha, sometimes there's somebody who's sick, really sick, either about to die or sick, and often the advice of the Buddha is, if somebody's saying, oh, I'm going to visit a friend who's dying or is very sick, and the Buddha seemed to, to suggest, like, oh, talk to them about the beautiful qualities of mind." Isn't that the beautiful thing? Talk to them about these beautiful... Cause We can remember them, invoke them, and maybe have access to them. Or we can rejoice that they even exist in the world, you know, that there's this possibility of, you know, I don't know, benevolence, courage, patience, acceptance, truthfulness, honesty about what's going on, you know, clarity, clear seeing, uh, um, determination, uh, curiosity. So all these these uh, qualities, um, uh, you know, when they're alive in us, or sometimes not even in us, we don't have access to them, but they're alive in the other one in front of us, you know. Uh, it's beautiful, it's inspiring, it's uh, stabilizing, even for us. That's how porous I think we are. You know, when we meet somebody who's... Uh, I mean, all kinds of things can happen when we could start comparing and and have envy and stuff. But there's also a possibility that something is transmitted or shared uh, uh, around these qualities. And I like these gatherings because I think that's what we do together. We gather together in order to, yeah, awake these qualities uh, in each other. And, and so stability of mind is uh, is helped a lot by uh, by the factor of calm or patience. Right? And so here we come, and yes, now we're talking about it. But in the practice, that's what we're developing: huh? we're calming, we're pacifying, uh, if that's the right word, the right use of the word in English. Bring some peace uh, to the mind and. Uh, Well, the one I didn't mention that is very central, what could it be? What could be the one quality that all this turns around? I'm hearing it (laughs) almost. Could it be mindfulness? (laughs) So mindfulness hey, (laughs) group. (laughs) Uh, Mindfulness is is this turning towards, this allowing something to happen. And it could be later today or it could be even here now. You know, the capacity for the mind to actually notice what is happening, to be interested in what's happening, to allow what is happening to be felt. It could be frustration, you know, or it could be, Uh, bodily sensations, or, I don't know, like mindfulness doesn't have a form. It doesn't have a weight, it doesn't have a color, it doesn't have a form, which allows it, we could say, to actually uh, reveal things of the heart, reveal things of the material world, reveal things inside, outside. So mindfulness can reveal, look at this magic, toes, And suddenly, wow, they appear in consciousness. Suddenly they can be felt, toes, you know, and you can say, but they can similarly, mindfulness can similarly know eyelids. Suddenly,
1: boom. You know?
0: Or it can know hands, and suddenly they appear. It it has this, uh, that's its function, to reveal, to to show, and here we bring that quality, we, we cultivate it, we talk about it, we invite it, we tend towards uh, it, we try to stabilize it, because it's gonna be stabilizing uh, in its own terms, also in its own way for the whole uh, system. And so very, 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 very wholesome quality. Uh, it's so good that these teachings are still alive. 2,600 years later, We'll still say, "Hey, there's this thing you could easily not notice it. Mm-hmm. Attention! It's extremely powerful. It <clears throat> reveals things to us so that we can see clearly what is happening, so that we can learn to direct it in ways that are, is helpful instead of having it always stuck in the same kind of loop, you know." And that's what we do here. We sit here, and the teacher, whoever the teacher is, and what. Whatever the style is, in this case, it's it's that version. It's (laughs) invitation, hey, can we feel the hands, you know? It's helping, we're learning that attention can, it doesn't only have to be planning. It has other uses. (laughs) Or rehashing, or worrying, you know? Or commenting, or judging, or wishing for something else to happen. Hey, that beautiful, you know, quality of mind that is very transparent because it reveals things. So you tend to see things. So if, you know, uh, attention goes only towards the thought, it will reveal the thought, you know. And if it goes only towards uh, resentment, it will make it grow, you know, and reveal it a lot. And here we bring attention, we give it that extra value of being awake, conscious. You know, it's not just attention, it's a lucid attention. And we say, hey, let's redirect it. Can we feel the hands? And so we get out of trouble where the attention was caught. We say, could it be in the hands? Oh, yeah, it could be. And we get out of the turbulence of what if, what if, will it, will it not, how will it, you know. All these thoughts around Christmas. (laughs) I don't want to put this in your mind. you know and we say there's not only Christmas honey (laughs) there is also
1: hands (laughs) you know
0: and suddenly we come back in the hands and we abandon the obsession of I'm joking with Christmas and not but uh, suddenly we you know and it's stabilizing because we were caught in the you know vortex whirlwind uh, spiral you know and suddenly we learn how to stabilize by bringing attention somewhere else somewhere else you know Yes, there is a future out there, we don't know what it's made of, but there is a now, you know, there's the hands, there's the sounds of, you know, traffic, there's the breath. And so, I don't know if you can see how it can be stabilizing to actually wake up to events that are not uh, maybe more neutral than the... You know, things that we show so wish that would be so pleasant or fear that would be so unpleasant. So we get out of this and we wake up to what's happening here. Oh, here. Not that stressful. You know, just a room, silent. Oh, look at that. You know, we notice there's no danger just here now. It's very stabilizing to recognize that there's no danger here now, right now. And you know, the teachers suggest, you know, oh, could the attention be friendly? Oh, what a new idea! What an interesting. What is that? Friendly attention. Well, maybe that is interested. You know, like a friend is interest is not demanding. I'm that kind of friend. I'm judging you. I'm expecting you to be otherwise, and I'm not interested. By the way,
1: <laughs> <just to say.
0: laughs> poor friendship. <laughs> for quality friendship, <laughs> but you know, in the best version, you know, when it happens to work for a few seconds, you know, <laughs> suddenly, oh, there's this being, this care, this interest, what's happening for you? Oh, look at that, you know, no judgment, no demands, just recognition, and so, you know, if the mindfulness can get a little bit like this instead of impatience, waiting for something insight or whatever liberation <laughs> the darn liberation where is it <laughs> <You know? laughs> if there is a, maybe it could be talked also in terms of humility this not expecting demanding attitude but this just allowing allowing and this is stabilizing this is bringing uh, you know uh, composure maybe uh, calm will probably follow into this realm. Calm, very stabilizing for the mind. So different uh, qualities needed. And the other thing, because I said there was two things. So one is uh, all the different qualities that uh, we strengthen, cultivate, invite, that will bring stability to the mind. So that this... The, will be, uh, um, you know, resourced. You know, that's another way to talk about stable. It means that there are resources available. The money is not, you know, clinging, closed, uh, grasping. You know, it's it's available, so it can go into creativity. It can, it can move. You know, it can go from joy to tenderness. You know, or you know, it can it can play like this. Uh, so the qualities all the other qualities that we name in these practices here are uh, making stability arise. And then the other thing that I want to mention today, uh, I mean, I'm always mentioning the same things. (laughs) But still we come. (laughs) You come. come. I come too. I think because of this, because it's good to remember in different ways, you know, these always these same things, you know, (laughs) so that we can return and import them with us, you know, bring them with us. So what else brings stability to the mind? The other thing that brings stability to the mind is a deep understanding of the nature of reality. So it's not just the qualities of the mind, but the view the way we perceive things, what, how we understand reality. So how will uh, stability uh, come when there is something difficult happening? You know, of course, of course, naturally, we would lose balance, you know, fall into reactivity, blaming, uh, shame, confusion, despair, discouragement, dejection. Uh, all these variant variations you know uh, in inner collapse or attack, you know like aggression isn't that the word um, it 's only natural that when a sensitive system be uh, you know reacting really well to uh, to what is pleasant, meaning, maybe stable. Rich meaningful when it's confronted to what is you know the opposite, of course the system being sensitive it will you know shut down or or you know get triggered in all kinds of ways but uh, through a deeper understanding of the nature of reality uh, stability is gained loads of stability can come from we could call this uh, wisdom, uh, wisdom, a wise understanding of uh, the nature of reality. And as you know, many of you, what what <laughs> What are the things that we need to pay attention or, you know, know deeply, in a, in a felt way in and in really know, really know, not just know. But really deeply know, and probably more than know, have in mind, you know, have, you know, this view of being alive in the different moments of our life, the different situations. What is that that we're trying to, through meditation, to become attuned to, or wake to, or sensitive to? And uh, as you know this first thing it's not going to be news but it's good for us to talk about it again i think it's the ephemeral impermanent nature of anything do you, do you see when i say it right away i'm like oh yeah totally connected to stability when one knows deeply the ephemeral nature of phenomena something in the heart is released the fear that it might change goes because suddenly we know it will change. Right. Like a deep understanding of the ephemeral nature of anything inner, outer, relational, global. You know. Um, and sometimes we don't know. You know something was said. You know something you said to me. In 98, (laughs) I haven't noticed, it only lasted a few seconds, you know? The mind grasped it, made it permanent, made it solid, I still see it, it's still there, you telling me this, it's big, solid, permanent, (laughs) and never will be forgiven, Mm. you know? Because we got mistaken, we made it solid, you know. The system, vipassana, insight, hasn't registered that it's gone. Because the mind is troubled, it's confused, it clung to it. Actually, it can't. It clungs to an idea, because the thing itself disappeared as soon as the vibration, (laughs) you know, uh, with the words were gone, you know. But something, you know, made it solid. And now we're stuck with it, yeah? And of course, you know, no blame here. We're not coming here to have a good guilt trip, you know? (laughs) Let it go, let it go! As I was saying, (laughs) letting go doesn't happen through will, you know? The the stability of mind, non-clinging, doesn't happen through will. I will let it go. <laughs> How the stability, wisdom, letting go, we could use that term, happen through deep understanding of the nature of reality. And once I will be aware that this actually did happen and it's gone, it's gone, it could take years of practice to really notice that something is gone, to really accept that it's gone, you know, even if it was unpleasant, maybe especially unpleasant or extremely unpleasant, you know. Maybe there's something biological about this, you know, that we can explain through, you know, how we the brain evolved and all this, you know, but still, there's a misunderstanding that we, and uh, through the practice, we can cl- come close to, very close to, intimate, become intimate with the arising and passing nature of things. And as we sit here and suddenly we see that there's some clarity, some presence, some quality listening, and a few seconds after, so gone. Huh? I was really there for a few, mi- few minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to be uh, in a utopia. <laughs> For a couple of seconds, <laughs> no, maybe a few minutes. It could be anything between nada, <laughs> 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 but uh, you know, there's suddenly there's clarity, and whoops, uh, suddenly it vanishes. You know, even here we can be together, and some something the heart opens a little bit. Some, some something, you know, this sense of clarity, or ease. In a few seconds, what did he say? He said something that was really meaningful, <laughs> but, you know, I have no idea what it was. It was so good. <laughs> and I've heard it many times. <laughs> he keeps saying it. <laughs> but uh, then the impermanent uh, nature of things, there's some, something can be so deeply touched in the heart when we are aware of it in real time, as we are living, that this is actually what mirage-like, huh? this gathering, mirage-like. If something happening. it seems to exist, and in a few minutes, not very long, it will only be a dream. It was an appearance, something that really appeared, came together, and suddenly, whoops, vanished. And there's something very tenderizing in becoming aware of this. Some people say suddenly what is beautiful is triply beautiful because it's just manifesting, emerging for a few moments, you know, it will pass. And so being aware of the ephemerality makes it uh, outstanding. Could it be the word? You know, look at that this came together this moment wow let me really feel it because it's going and I'm always returning because I I don't think I've found a a better expression of this but this non and the several of them at the time of the buddha ex- expressing it always in this sh- kind of short poem very uh, incredibly simple and uh, and uh, to the point you know all day i walked and sat all day i followed the instructions i paid attention all day no wisdom gained all day sat walked, paid attention you know put that mindfulness at the foreground as a you know in front as a value. All day I did pay attention as the master said or as the teacher said, no wisdom gained, but didn't give up. All day and at night blowing the candle, everything was understood. An experience of impermanence revealing The nature of reality, everything, like the candle flame, everything will vanish. Health, youth, the other, memories, intelligence, you know, everything will pass. (gasps) Okay, that's the deal. Wow, what a trip So strange. I was too busy noticing. Wow, everything will pass. So just that can be okay, okay, it can be perturbating. Is that the word? It could be, per- but it can also be deeply uh, stabilizing, you know, maybe it's per- perturbating,
1: perturbing. perturbing, perturbing.
0: Perturbing, perturbing,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm perturbed, <laughs> it's such a weird word. <laughs> anyway, of course it can be like, wow, everything that is dear to me, yes. That's one of the daily uh, wise reflection. Mm. Every day, I am not beyond, you know, sickness. Sickness will happen. That's the nature of change. Health will be sickness. I am not uh, beyond youth. There will be old age, even older <laughs> <laughs> than wherever you find yourself. <laughs> and there will be death. You know somebody like Shanti Deva says, "What put me on the path was the, the uh, insight, small insight or big insight into impermanence. What kept me on the path, and what led me all the way to freedom was the awareness of death, awareness of impermanence, that kept me awake, attentive. The other thing, the other wise understanding is, I named it from the get-go, the conditionality, that things are conditional. They need conditions to happen. And I would like them to need only one condition, my wish. (laughs) I wish it to happen, it should happen. (laughs) Why doesn't it happen? You know, not the right equation, you know, not the deal. The deal here is it takes a lot of conditions for something to happen. A lot of them are out of my control. It means, maybe mainly, or one way we can be deeply touched by it, is it means we actually don't know what is coming. We don't know what is coming. We spend a lot of time planning to know, know, to figure it out before it happens. But actually all of us are in this together. We actually do not know what's coming. How strange is that? We actually don't know. We have no clue. We have probabilities, assumptions, wishes, fears, all kinds of uh, you know mental formations, but we actually don't know what's coming. This, can be extremely stabilizing. That's so strange. How can it be stabilizing? A deep recognition and acceptance of the uncertainty, unknowability of what's coming can make the heart very, very tender. You know, like a steak and you have this kind of thing <laughs> and you yeah. knock on it to make it tender.
1: <laughs>
0: so the know- knowledge of uh, uncertainty is, is really tenderizing the heart <laughs> like recognizing that it's like this for all of us that we're all in this together that creates a link between us you know, a communality something that we all experience very intimately uh, universally so being aware of this impermanence not knowing what's happening how do we want to relate to each other to me, I think there's, you know, the portal is there, you know, to actually become tender, caring, considering, respectful, benevolent, meaning wishing, you know, being aware that you're like me, sensitive, and you don't know what's coming. I so wish you the best. I so wish that it will be smooth for you. You know? And so in this way, uh, very makes the heart very vibrant and being keeping aware of this as we go through the day you know would be really helpful for the values to, for wise values to come up things, uh, several ways to talk about wise view, but certainly these two are classic, you know, classic ways to consider things. Questions, objections, nuances, clarifications. How do you know when
1: something is gone? Is it your body or, you know, like you said, something in my past? many years before, you know, yeah. statements that they made. Yeah. And so, how do you know, is it that your body is not reactive when you think of
0: that particular scene? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, you know, what it, uh, maybe a bit of answer that uh, comes to me is, is it not so much how do I know that it's gone, but how how do I help figuring out that it's gone, you know, like the practice to me is to actually just what I said, you know, paying attention, paying attention and getting out of our ideas, curve. our ideas, concepts, huh? like so there's the mind creates a th- symbol and it's mistaken, it takes the thing for the symbol, it makes the both, you know, like you know in the Ji saying the thoughts about your mother are not your mother, you know, there's something else. <laughs> it's a creation of the mind, you know? And so, for us, what happens is we conceive something, we tell the story, we make an imagery, and the representation, this is just a symbol, it's not the thing. But we're confused. We think that when we think about the thing, it's the thing. We think we think about the future, it's the future. That's one that we can maybe yeah. see through, you know? No, it's not the future. It's a, it's a representation of something. You know, it's not the thing. And so, for us, through meditation, I think, because we keep abandoning, renunciating concepts, ideas, we keep waking up to what's happening, at some point, we, the, the mind understands, oh, this is an imagery, because we question it. Huh? When it comes, we notice, oh, it's an image. Instead of just being engrossed, duped by it, you know, right. oh, this is the process of worrying. You know, instead of like, I really don't know what's gonna come, you know? Like being identified, we're waking up. Oh, this is the process of worrying. It's made up, you know? It takes uh, time, but when we see clearly, yeah, I think there's probably um, can be felt in the body, some kind of release. um, And it probably has unique ways That's what I see in my exchanges with practitioners like you, you know? How it unfolds is unique to each being. But, you know, like some images that come, like there's a couple of these that I've seen where uh, often it will be a woman that will describe, and it's very beautiful, will describe after some maybe years of practice a few years of practice will say oh Pascal I just noticed that I'm guarded like it's the body huh? it was it's the body that is guarded you know this it's uh, maybe an attitude but they, it's felt in the body like I noticed it it was uh, it was happening but it was unseen so the mind was duped you know we really have to be on the lookout And and at some point, being in a quiet environment like this, I said, oh, my God, the body's like, you know, it's guarded. And at some point it releases, and like, oh, my God, this was the view that it needed to be guarded. It was on, like, alert, you know. And it couldn't be seen before, but at some point, you know, it's felt in the body, and it disappears, and it comes back. And the relationship changes because instead of being like, I have to be on the lookout, even unconsciously, maybe it's not even known, you know, or it's known, or maybe not. And I'm describing something as being reported to me that I find very beautiful and touching. And uh, Mm -hmm. so suddenly instead of being duped, believing the message, suddenly the process is seen. You know, like what is happening? rather than believing the story. is oh, look at this, the body is, is sitting like this, you know, and the breath is not moving, really, because it's this. And it's very natural, of course, that it would do that, the system would do that. But suddenly something can release, and it's felt physically. And then the report changes. What I see often, and that's beautiful, is suddenly that the person is not duped, and not hating it also when it comes is very interested in the process. Oh, look at that. It's in operation now. You know, The whole system is like in either freeze or, you know. Oh, look at that. I'm very interested. So there's still a lot of life, huh? like even the kind of joy. It's a kind of enthusiasm. Oh, look at this. I see it. The whole system is shut now. That is so interesting. Like I can feel it. You know, so not duped uh, and not pushing it away. You know, I want to be free from that. It's mindfulness, aware of what is here now. Or, you know, dejection—the kind of like it's never going to work out. It's never going. Suddenly, like, oh, I see the mind make it presenting things like this. You know. So that's what I can offer right now, as a a bit of uh, thank you. Yes?
1: Yeah. I'm a little confused. <laughs> um, so this meditation is supposed to take us to that place where we become aware of all these things? Yeah. Because i have meditated before uh-huh. it's a completely different meditation. It's where you don't you don't think of anything you yeah. go to the space, the gap. Yeah, so to speak. Hopefully the goal is all one and the same. But Maybe I, not. But how is this this meditation different from like the
0: traditional meditation and the one that I'm over? Yeah. So, so there's diff- there might be different, many different goals in meditation, med- different uh, lineage, traditions, schools, views, and practices. So it's a wide open field. In general, I'll try it like this. There could be two different goals if I try it like this, make it very simple. One goal would be uh, concentration. So you seem to describe this. Maybe there's a mantra, maybe there's something we pay attention to, the nostril, and we don't want to know anything about the world. We just want to go inside this and create a kind of absorption, being absorbed in the repetition of the syllables or in just the breath. And in there, there's a kind of protection that can happen. Uh, so suddenly, I'm not wanting something else, I'm not talk- thinking about my life. All this has vanished, and there's just quietness. just quiet, And it's a good respite. Is that the word? I'd like to stop, maybe I'll stop saying, is that the word today? (laughs) Today. I vow to not say this word. If it's not the right word, you'll probably figure it out. (laughs) Correct it in your mind, and I'll never know. So we'll all be happy. (laughs) So so there's a kind of a seclusion, sometimes we call it. So the mind is secluded. So that's lovely. It's beautiful. So it's a really good practice. Here. It's the other goal, if, if I divide it in two possible goals. Here, we want to develop wisdom, a wakefulness that is in the world. That is, you know, because that, um, that being as lovely as it is, is impermanent, it's constructed, you know. If somebody comes in and starts to talk to you, you'll get mad, like, I was in my bubble. <laughs> you know, you blew up my bubble. I was in bliss here, and you come. <laughs> you know you dog you kid you (laughs) you know whatever you know and and you'll be like i want to go back there i can't wait my day of work finishes i can go back in bliss you know or whatever and so so that's that's something that can happen so what we're trying to do here is find freedom in the world of bodily sensations, of pleasant and unpleasant, of relationships, of uh, psyche uh, being visited by thoughts. So we try to see how can we be awake while being impinged in all kinds of ways, you know, by emotion, you know? Despair, shame, joy, hope, you know? How can we have stability while it's in movement, you know? And so that, you see a little bit the difference? So one is like
1: this,
0: (laughs) and the other one is like this. And you can choose your camp or your team, you know? It's totally okay. And so here the practice is a practice where we actually can be maybe uh, more free as a worker, as a sick person, as an aging person, as a, you know, a consumer, as a, you know, daughter, son... uh, child, uh, parent, you know. Uh, so, so, I think there's a lot of value in that. And
1: so, while you meditate, you're basically supposed to be aware of your total surroundings?
0: No, because it's not possible to know everything, you know, okay. things being impermanent, and we work by impressions, huh? mm-hmm. So, as I sit here, you know, Maybe now I'm aware of you, but I was not aware of you in this way the whole time. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm aware of the group. At some point, I'm aware of uh, Savannah. You know, like it moves. Sometimes I'm aware. oh my God, it's uh, hot in this, in this uh, sweater, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm aware of time. You know, how much time do we have? You know, so the attention keeps changing. So your meditation is a little bit more like this. My meditation is like this. The, p- the point is present time. But the objects keep ch- changing, like in life, you know?
1: Well, that's exactly what I go through before I get to this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you do the other one. And that's, it's almost like you're trying to block all that stuff that you do here out. Yeah. So, so it's like it's opposite almost. Mm-hmm. Yet the other one is supposed to eventually take you to a place that you find your core being, your your your, your true self.
0: Yes, so, and you see, so it's views also, and maybe we'll stop there, but just to say, in Buddhism, there's no core being. Okay. That's the bad news. <laughs> or maybe the good news, you know. There's no, there's no such a thing. The Buddha seems to say, I've only seen, seen movements, change, conditionality, you know and it's good to learn to relax into it, because it's going to keep happening.
1: <laughs>
0: so, et voila. You know, and that there's probably a way that we can talk, we could talk about it and mix the two to get together, you know. And the Buddha certainly teaches also uh, the one-pointed awareness and thinks it's really good to develop that.
1: Okay, so you just, the, the point is to be still, to be aware of all these changes as they're happening, and what you're feeling.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'll be able in one word to explain exactly what we're doing. It's, okay. I, it's probably uh, not going to be uh, completely satisfying, what I would say. But, you know, there's a freedom that can be find, found in not being satisfied, <laughs> you know, being okay with not knowing completely, you know, ah, oh, confusion, a little confusion feels like this, you know. And it's amazing to know that one can be confused and be upsh- okay. Yeah. You know, because we could easily think like I have to know, you know, uh, and maybe not. Maybe it can be uh, unresolved. <laughs> wow. Okay. Last uh, sharing or comment or hello.
1: I I'm interested. Um, uh, what this tradition might have to say, or what you might think of to say about aging and mindfulness all the way through my 60s and early 70s, I refuse to say I'm growing old because I can still do this and I can still do that. And and just in the last year or so, I noticed something changing. I'm slowing down, for sure, but in a way that doesn't mind me at all. I like... something is going inside. And... I haven't gone very far yet, but I think it might be getting easier to meditate. And I just wonder if the tradition says anything about that, about growing old and meditating.
0: Yeah, probably probably there is, you know, because the Buddha taught for 45 years, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Imagine 45 years of having three or four conversations a day about stuff. By the well, by the entrance of the city, at the rich person's place, at the poor person's place, you know. So there's so many things. So probably one could do a research with aging and practice, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's one of the themes of the Buddha. He keeps talking about aging, sickness, death, you know, and so uh, as realities, you know. And But I'm happy that it, um, it seems for you that it's a good mix, the aging and the... And, you know, it's a very classic thing to go on a spiritual search after you've, you know, maybe had children. Let's, let's take a kind of a classic or n- normative way of, uh, you know, going through life. You know, you mm. get married, have kids, heteronormative, <laughs> mm-hmm. oppressive. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Path. <laughs> And uh, later when the children are grown, you know, that would be classic thing, you know, in your fifties or later to actually enter the spiritual path, you know, start practicing. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's something, uh, Mm -hmm. something uh, to it. Uh, Something
1: getting more centered
0: on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So let's, uh, shall we sit for a few minutes? together, Mm -hmm. and just um, maybe see if we can allow what is there to be there, inwardly, outwardly, not trying to be aware of everything, but whatever is uh, felt, you know, it could be ache or tiredness or confusion or appreciation, whatever is there. Be awake, sensitive to it. Oh, aching, aching. Or hearing, hearing. And breathing. finding stability in allowing <coughs> allowing what is there to be there and to be known to be experienced simply directly Any object can do Because huh? any object or phenomena will be alive. the silence is alive or the sounds are alive or the breath is alive or the listening, the attention itself is alive. Ends are alive. We don't need to know all of this, just one event. Experienced a little bit more fully, generously. befriending what is there, the ache, the ease, or nothing. is here is uh, impermanent. Huh? It's passing through. is happening and at one point will not be happening anymore. If it's here it's because the conditions are all gathered for it to be exactly like this right now. We can relax into this. We want. We can anchor the attention in the breath, the body breathing, or the belly rising and falling, and make it, uh, make this our home base, where the attention comes to rest. Be awake to. From there we'll notice the flickering nature of phenomena, how sounds appear and disappear. Even the body appear and disappear in consciousness. You're aware of it, and suddenly thought captures the attention for a moment. The body disappears, and then the thought disappears. What can be very, very stabilizing is to not make things so personal, so about me, body, breathing, hearing, emotions, moods passing by, not to make it so much me or mine, just events really happening, intimately known. experienced, but not identifying with, wrongly appropriating things that belongs to nature. Very liberating, very calming, stabilizing, to make things about moi all the time. have deep, deep acceptance of the dynamic, changing, fluctuating nature of things inside, outside. May we not take it too personal. May we experience a deep freedom, peace, stability of mind. Enjoy. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. So much for considering uh, these ideas and uh, practicing, coming to practice together. So I wish you uh, the best for the end of the year in all kinds of ways: uh, health and inner life and relations, and a really good uh, beginning of 2020 and we'll see each other on the path.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you to uh, Julie for um, allowing, uh, inviting us here. Uh, and as you know, as you come out, you'll see two boxes. One is to uh, support the center here that is taking the beautiful risk, generous risk of opening the doors. Uh, no expectation, just warmth, welcoming people. Mm-hmm. So supporting each other. We're supported by the center. We support the center. And the same, a bit the same kind of relationship is happening between, between us. The teacher comes and doesn't know if t- there will be something for Christmas. <laughs> 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 or not to, to, to offer, to eat, <laughs> to receive, all this. But uh, certainly very, very thankful that it it worked up to today. (laughs) Thank
1: Thank Thank you. Thank you.